Hi, this is David Flowers, Senior Pastor at Grantham Church, an intergenerational convergent third-way congregation with the Brethren in Christ U.S. and located in Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast and for following the sermons that I and many others preach at Grantham. This is a free podcast and it'll always be that way, but if you'd like to give and help further the work we're doing for the kingdom, we'd greatly appreciate it. If you want to do that, you can do that by going to granthamchurch.org and clicking on the giving tab. Whether you're a member of our church or you're listening as a parishioner, it's our greatest desire that you would encounter Jesus and be changed by the good news wherever you are. Anyway, God bless you, and I hope you enjoy the podcast. Let me introduce to you our bishop, Heather Beatty. Uh, Heather is in her first year as bishop, and she is married to Bob Beatty, who is the senior pastor of the Meeting House in Carlisle. And they have two kids, Tyler and Alana. Heather is a friend, and I'm glad to say that she is my bishop. Heather, would you come and give us the words from the Lord this morning? Would you welcome Heather, please? Well, thank you all. It is a pleasure to be with you again this morning. At Grantham, I always enjoy getting to come and spend the morning with you. We've had a few of these, and I am so glad that COVID is over and we can actually be in the same room and see each other face to face. It is a lot more fun that way, I think. This morning, as we spend this next bit of time together, there are actually two things that I would like us to do. And the, the first is before we actually get to our biblical text. It is a project that we are doing across the conference, and I'm going to ask you all to participate with us today. We are making a masterpiece. No, uh, no small feat, but really this is going to be quite simple. So if you are like me and not very artistic, I was pausing to think as I was looking at this beautiful display up here this morning, maybe this is one of the reasons why I love to visit you at Grantham. Because every time I come, you have art. Uh, someone or some of you, God has gifted in amazing ways like this. But across the conference, we are about 32 churches right now in the Susquehanna Conference, ranging, we, we have a location in Baltimore that we are praying over for God to restart a work there in Baltimore. And we go all the way up through the center of the state to uh, the New York border. Our furthest church north right now is just across the border from Corning, New York. And the Jemison Valley Church, you may hear a bit about later on as we share together today. So across all of these churches, we who are a family are working together to make this little collage, maybe not so different than what you see up here. And for that this morning, all you need is a cell phone. Do you have a cell phone with you? I think most of us probably brought one with us today. So this is your permission in church to actually take it out. Please do. And I'm going to ask you to do this right now together while we are here in the same room. Now, like I said, I am not an artist, though there are some in our family who are artists. My father-in-law um, is a master woodworker. Kitchens is his specialty. But he is so good that I can take him any picture and say, Dad, could you make this? If it's a magazine or an internet article, and he'll look at it and he'll go, hmm, 
I think so. It's amazing to me. Uh, our children also got some of this gene. Our daughter, Alana, is a scrapbooker. Maybe some of you enjoy that as well. She makes beautiful cards and pictures and that kind of thing. Our son, Tyler, who's a freshman uh, at Mount Vernon Nazarene this year, he learned a few years ago in school that he enjoyed pottery and can throw beautiful pieces um, of ceramics. It's amazing to us. And my husband, Bob, and I just look at each other and go, where did they get this from? It's certainly not from us. So anything that I invite you to do is going to be very simple, like this morning. This morning, I'm gonna ask you with your cell phone to take a picture of your hands, or you can work together. In fact, it may be easier to work together. And you can put them however you like, but I would like you to try to just get hands in the picture, if you would. So if you need to, to help the person beside you or look down your pew and scooch over so you can do that together, please go ahead and do it now. Um, we have, and I'm looking across here, any ages, um, whoever's with us. We've had pictures of little kids folding their hands or laying them out like this. Um, whatever you want to do with that. And while you're doing that, let me just explain a bit of my own fascination with hands. I think this began for me when I was a little girl I had to take piano lessons. My mother um, insisted on it. This was, a, this was a skill that she thought all of her children should learn, though, uh, quite frankly, you will never find me behind a piano now. I only learned a bit of it. Oh, and let me tell you, while you're doing that, I'm going to show you up here. If you would just take those pictures now, and right now, go ahead and text that picture to this number. That would be great. So I struggled through piano lessons, but the one thing I loved about my lessons was going to my piano teacher's home, and occasionally she would play something for me. And I remember as a little girl just watching her hands. She had beautiful hands. They were elegant and manicured, and her long fingers could just do amazing things with the piano. I was so fascinated by that. As a child, I was a gymnast, and so if any of you know anything about gymnastics, uh, the hands suffer in this sport. I would often have bloodied hands or eventually calluses as we did those uneven bar routines. That was more my hands, and so of course I would be in awe of her beautiful hands. Now as an adult, I enjoy gardening. And so my hands still show it. You can often find me digging in the dirt. Uh, and so I still have worker hands rather than beautiful hands like my teacher. But one thing is true. Our hands tell a story. Look at your hands again. Look at, you can look at your neighbors too. Think about the stories that these hands tell. Over the centuries, many artists have depicted hands, working hands, praying hands, hands touching, old hands and young hands. And here you even see a couple of the photographs that other people in some of our other family churches have sent in. And so I can't wait to see the, the pictures that you have just texted to that number as well. All of our hands tell a story. So our question today is, what story do your hands tell? The one picture I want you to leave today with is this picture of our hands. 
We're gonna hopefully walk away today with one picture, one image in our minds, and one word that we remember from our time together today. So as we think of our hands, we're going to consider the question, what story do my hands tell? And what story is my life telling? Before we go to scripture, and today we are going to be in Psalm 92 together, starting there. If you have your Bible, or if you want to just keep using your phone, that's fine too. Psalm 92 is where we will be in just a moment. And those of you who know the Psalms, you're familiar with this master artist, King David, who didn't, uh, didn't create things so much out of wood or drawing or painting, but he was a master with words. And so fortunately for us today, we have this collection of his poetry and his prayers This Psalm 92 that we're about to to look at together today falls more into that category of prayer. I'm so thankful, and I I believe that as we look at this together today, uh, his words from so long ago will resonate with our spirit and our story. But would you pray with me before we go to the word? Father, thank you. Thanks for this time again together today. Thank you that we get to come together every week to explore your word, to study it together, to learn more about who you are, what you're doing in our lives and through our lives and in the world around us. God, I just pray that you would open our hearts, open our minds to what you want to say today in Jesus' name. Amen. Psalm 92, verse 1. It is good, oops, sorry, I got to remember this. It is good to praise the Lord and make music to your name, O Most High, proclaiming your love in the morning and your faithfulness at night to the music of the ten-stringed lyre and the melody of the harp. For you make me glad by your deeds, Lord. I sing for joy at what your hands have done. How great are your works, Lord. How profound are your thoughts. From those five verses, we are going to focus today on just one line. It is good to praise the Lord. Can you say that with me? It is good to praise the Lord. One more time. It is good to praise the Lord. And from this line, we are going to actually focus on just one word today. That word is praise. In the Hebrew, David would have used this word, yada meaning to praise. It comes from this Jewish heritage. It is word rich and full of meaning. In fact, we say simply praise, but this one word yada actually can mean all of the following. A wringing of the hands, to cast out, to make confession, to revere or worship, to hold out, to use, or to give thanks. Yada, it is good to praise the Lord. Sometimes in church, we speak of praise and we think about praise as only giving thanks or singing worship songs. And certainly that is part of it, what we already did together in praising the Lord this morning. But the essence of yada is not simply acknowledgement, but it is rather action. It is a response to the character of God. We respond in praise, in this yada, to the faithfulness of a loving God, as we see depicted all through scripture, both Old and New Testaments, who is still actively participating in our lives today in the world around us. So, 
What does it look like to praise God as we live out the story of our lives? There are four aspects of yada praise that need to be incorporated regularly in our lives as believers if we hope to experience the fullness, the abundance of a relationship with God. First, maybe what we think about most frequently, it is this idea of praise, yada, in the lifting of our hands in adoration and thanksgiving to revere and worship God, yada. Like we said, this Hebrew word from our Jewish heritage um, would have been used in this community, this community famous for expressive worship and expressive celebrations. If you have ever been part of a Jewish wedding or a Jewish um, rite of passage ceremony, there is much, um, much expression as far as whole physical expression. So this community, as they gathered in worship, might have said with David, great is the Lord, waving their hands and dancing and lifting his name high physically as well as with their voice. Great is the Lord, most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. For some of us today, an outward expression of praise like this might be uncomfortable. Some of us in some of our circles are very uh, unused to that kind of expressive worship, and that's okay. But there is a physical benefit to this physical expression of worship. What happens? Did you notice before? What happens when we lift our hands in worship? There is a natural connection to lifting our hands. We also lift our our eyes, our gaze. We reposition our bodies, our eyes, and our attention on God as we lift our hands to praise him. As we physically lift our hands, we are also taking our eyes off of our circumstances and focusing them on his glory. We are taking them off our problems. We are focusing them on his majesty. We're taking our eyes off just our surroundings to focus them on his beauty on his character, his magnificence, his glory, and his goodness. We do this today both individually and corporately as we gather. I hope that part of your private prayer time is giving thanks, is adoring God. And maybe this week you will try to just lift your hands physically as you spend that time with the Lord, acknowledging his loving faithfulness and his goodness. As we said, this is also part of what we do Sundays when we gather together. This lifting of our voices, lifting of our eyes, lifting of our attention as we worship, as we adore, and as we give him thanks. This lifting up of the hands, this act of adoration and gratitude goes hand in hand with another aspect of yada. It is good to praise the Lord with the wringing of the hands and casting out. Do you remember that was part of the definition as well? And this for us as Jesus followers is representative of this idea of confession. This is another part of our praise. Even as we praise God for his perfect and unchanging character, for his magnificence, glory, and goodness, even while we do that, we recognize how far we are removed from that perfection and that holiness. And this prompts in us this need for confession, the ringing 
of our hands, the casting out, might, might identify two important parts of confession. The first is that of repentance. Repentance is probably most commonly what we think about with confession. It is, it is that idea of getting rid of what is not proper in our lives, of what is wrong, the sin maybe that we find ourselves in, and it is a turning away to follow God, this idea of repentance and confession. But it also refers to a reliance on God. As we lift him up and, and acknowledge who he is, we realize how much in need of his help we are, of his assistance and his intervention in our lives. It is good to yada, to confess our sin and our mistakes, to recognize our failures and our deep need of God in our lives. It is good to praise the Lord in this way. I wanna pause here for a moment and acknowledge that even though David says it is good to praise the Lord with confession, confession does not always feel good, does it? I invite you to take a trip with me down memory lane. I heard that some of you were in a Sunday school class this morning, or a, what do you call them, learning communities? Right, you're in a learning community and you, and you heard that um, some, there are some people here who knew me when I was just a little girl. And I have to confess to you today that I, I was a strong-willed child uh, who loved adventures, and not all of those adventures turned out well. And so occasionally, I would find myself having to go to my parents and confess something again confess that I had broken something, or maybe that I had hurt someone, or that I had not acted in alignment with the things that I knew that they would want me to do. Quite frankly, uh, that was never easy. And as an adult now, I think many of us have those same emotions when we need to confess something, whether it's confessing something to each other, or sometimes even confessing them to the Lord. That is human nature that it's not easy for us to say, I was wrong. I messed up here. I need, I need your help. But as I came to my parents and confessed these things, every time, do you know what happened? They forgave me. They welcomed me back. They hugged and restored this relationship. And the same is true with our Father God. As we come to them, or as I came to them as a child, I came to them that way mainly because I trusted their character and I trusted their love for me. And I knew that eventually this confession would lead to a restoration of relationship. And friends, the same is true with God. Restoration always begins with confession. It is good to praise the Lord in this way. By using this word yada, not only meaning adoration, but also confession, David is acknowledging the same promise of God that John, the disciple of Jesus, states centuries later, the same promise that we know is true for us today through the death and resurrection of Jesus, that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Yada. It is good that each of us do this if we want to know the fullness of restoration, and new life with Jesus. There are also times where it's important that we wring our hands, we cast them out in a corporate act of confession. 
This full sense of yada in this way may be best illustrated in an event that occurred long after King David. But I think in this one event, we see all these pieces of yada coming together. If you remember, do you remember the Jews, that group of people who God called for himself and he gave them his word and he told them, this is how you will experience life best. And again and again and again, we see them breaking, um, breaking those laws of God and we see them far from him. Eventually, they have become so hardened against God that God says, okay, enough. You will go into exile and hopefully your hearts will become repentant through this process. And so away they go to Babylon. Jerusalem is destroyed. The walls were knocked down and and they experienced great destruction there in their city. And they spent 70 years in Babylon in exile. At the end of those 70 years, we see God start to work in the hearts of two men, of Nehemiah and Ezra. We have books about them by them in our Old Testament, don't we? And it describes this event that the two of them, God is working at the same time, and this starts in their hearts with phrases like these through their own prayers. Nehemiah in 1.6 says, Oh Lord, let your ear be attentive and your eyes open to hear the prayer your servant is praying before you day and night for your servants the people of Israel. I confess the sins we Israelites, including myself and my father's family, have committed against you. It's not just this individual confession, but at times we collectively need to come before the Lord and say, we have been wrong here. We have been missing the mark together. Similarly, in Ezra, we hear this, while Ezra was praying and confessing, weeping, throwing himself down before the house of God, a large crowd of Israelites, men, women, and children gathered around him. They too wept bitterly. Individually and together, we confess our sin. We come before God seeking his help and his transformation together. It is good to praise the Lord, yada, in fact, this, these two things go so closely together that you could almost say they're a cycle. And those of you who have walked with God for a while, you've probably seen, experienced this cycle in your own life. The idea that as we lift our hands to God, recognizing his perfection and holiness, we praise him, we give him thanks, and in doing so, we recognize how far we are from that. And it leads us to this confession. As we confess, telling God um, where we have messed up, where our mistakes are, and, and saying how much we need him, then we see him restore us. We experience that restoration, and it brings us back to praise. Those Israelites who were gathered at the wall, they experienced the same thing. Ezra, as he was praising the Lord, the great God, all the people lifted their hands and responded, amen, amen. We, in North America, rarely think of weeping and praise being related But this is an important part of our experiencing relationship with God, isn't it? Recognizing our own failures, we all have them, and our need for God's forgiveness, for his restoration, that lead us to freedom and greater gratitude in our lives. So today we confess our sin, our shortcoming, we wring our hands, we cast them out, indicating not only our repentance, a turning to God, but also a reliance on him and his work in our lives. We confess our need for him and we lift our eyes to focus on God and remember Jesus stretching out his hands, choosing to die on our behalf. We praise him, we give him thanks, yada.
This invitation and reminder to praise God through the lifting of our hands and the wringing of our hands brings us to yet another important piece of yada, praise. It's the idea of this holding out the hands to receive from God. When this group of returning Jewish exiles wept and acknowledged the holiness of God, their yada didn't end there. In Nehemiah 8, Nehemiah the governor, we see here they're coming together, Ezra the priest and teacher of the law, and the Levites who were instructing the people said to them all, this day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep. Go and enjoy choice foods and sweet drinks. Send some to those who have nothing prepared. This day is holy to our Lord. Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. God was restoring them that day, and he wanted them to receive it with joy. Hundreds of years later, through Jesus, God in flesh, we have received a new invitation of complete restoration, and he wants us to simply receive it. Even as we remember Jesus being lifted up on the cross, holding out his hands and dying for us, his story of being lifted up again in the resurrection, he invites us again and again to receive. So part of our praise is expressed by simply the holding out of our hands to receive his forgiveness, his victory, his freedom, no longer like those, those exiles must we work to assure good standing with God, but we are simply invited to receive this gift with a thankful heart. The apostle and missionary Paul, after Jesus, we know these, these famous words of his echo, this reminder that, that for the wages of sin is death. This was what God had established with the Israelites, what they experienced all of those centuries. But the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. It is a simple receiving of his gift. Yada, we praise him even as we receive and remember his love and forgiveness. Paul also says it like this, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith and this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. Yada, we praise him. We don't need to earn his forgiveness, we simply receive this free gift, and we give him thanks. We praise him, we adore him, we lift him high. For some of us today, this cupping of our hands, this receiving and recognizing the gift of God, maybe it's the first time that you have ever chosen to receive the gift. If that is true, no matter how old you are, no matter where you've been, today is a good day to do this. For many of us, though, we have walked with God, some of us for decades, and as we cup our hands together today, it is more of a remembrance, that recognition again of his gift and his goodness at work in our lives. Yada, it is good to praise him together. And finally, one more aspect of yada. It doesn't end there simply with the receiving. It is this idea, this last piece of that definition, that yada also includes the reaching out of our hands in service and blessing. It is good to praise the Lord by how we partner with him in the world. Where Paul began 
For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith in this not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. He continues in verse 10, for we are, sorry, not by works so that no one can boast. We are God's handiwork created in him to what? To do good works, which he has prepared in advance for us to do. If you remember back to the event of the Israelites at the wall, what did he say? tell them? Don't grieve or mourn or wail, but go enjoy this restoration of God and do what? And he said, and share it with the people around you, with those who don't have anything. And this is the same thing that Paul is reflecting on with the early church. I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, in view of his restorative work in your life, to offer your body as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to him, this this is your true and proper act of worship. So we, we do this individually as we ask God to, to show us how to serve. How do we love? How do we bless our neighbors? How are we supposed to minister to our coworkers, to our family members? And why do we do this? We do this because of God's work in our lives so that they too may come to know him, that they then would experience the blessing of God, that they may maybe one day risk stepping towards Jesus, risk holding out their hands to receive this free gift and experience that restoration for their lives as well. So we each do this, and we also get to do this piece of yada corporately as well. I love, thank you gentlemen, brothers who shared earlier about what your peace and justice group is doing. Some of those are the very same ways I think God truly does want us to reach out and say, Lord, how do we help bring your kingdom here? What does that look like through Grantham Church? 180 Ministries, some of you are here today because of what God is, has led you to do in physically caring for people around you. I was so blessed, uh, I think it was about a year ago, by the article that I read uh, about those of you who make comforters and send them all around the world. There are so many ways that God shows us, leads us individually to minister to those around us and together as a body. Across our conference, other churches are doing this too, and it's really fun to get to share just a few of those snapshots with you. I mentioned Jemison Valley, way up north. They are this little church of about 50 or 60, but about a year and a half ago, they started asking their school district, are there ways that we can support you, bless you, uh, take care of the kids in our schools? And at that time, it was during COVID, and the school system was saying, you know what? We have kids who don't have water during the day. It seems like just such a simple little thing, but they don't bring water bottles with them and we can't share clearly here. Do you have anything you can do about this? And so they, sure enough, they started collecting water bottles, they sent them to the school and took care of them, which time passed. About a year later, the school came to the church and said, you know what? We are so grateful for the ways that you supplied water last year. We have another request because there are children in our school who don't come to school with gloves and coats and boots in the wintertime. It gets very cold and snowy in that area of Pennsylvania. Do you think you could do anything about this? And of course, they said, 
we will do our best. And so for the last year, they've had a collection going of all of these things, and they're so excited to, to take those to the school kids this year so that they might be better provided for. You see, what happens, and this is part of, I think, why God invites us to reach out and partner with him, is that this church is gaining a reputation in their community as a church who extends love and blessing to people. Not because they're good or, or because they've deserved it. See, this is how we reflect Jesus. This is part of our praise to him. South, the furthest church, one of the furthest churches we have south of us is in York, a church called Pathway Community Church. And they too, in fact, I think they were having conversations with their mayor earlier this year. And the mayor was expressing um, just a sense of frustration over what was happening in their school district with their kids. Uh, they were not passing um, state levels of what was expected, and, and many kids were going home to empty houses. And he says to them, do you think you could do anything about this? And sure enough, our brothers and sisters in New York said, we will do our best to do something about that. And so this fall, they launched their first after-school program and get this, the school system is busing students to the church for this after-school program because they know there are people there who are caring for them, who will invest in their lives and who are making a difference in their community. I'm really excited about some of the things that God is leading Pastor David and Pastor Melissa to in, in this community as we partner with other pastors and as we, we try to listen well, as we ask the questions, how do we best bless this community? Because our praise doesn't simply happen on Sunday mornings. It is not simply a lifting of our hands, though it is that to recognize and adore and give thanks to God. It is not simply a wringing of our hands in confession, though it is that, of saying we're turning, we're leaving these things and we're walking towards Jesus, saying, oh God, we need you, we need you to show up, we need you to intervene in our lives and do something new here, though it is that, yada, it is good to praise him. It is also the holding out of our hands to receive again and again and again, this work of Jesus in our lives in beautiful ways. And it is also the reaching out, asking him, God, where do you want me to partner with you today? What might you want to do new today so that someone else comes to know your power and your goodness in their lives? And so, brothers and sisters, as we, as we wrap up our time together today, I'm going to invite you to pray with me and we're going to do it in this way. I am going to ask you to use your hands before we all leave here together. And we're going to do this collectively through the raising of our hands. Let's do it together now. Raising them in adoration. And in just a moment, we will pray this together. We will pray it together and then I will leave a little space for silence for you and God to, to talk together. And then we'll move on to the next one. Of course, next is the wringing of our hands and casting them out as we pray confession together. And then of course, we will cup our hands as we receive and remember. And finally, we will reach them out together as we conclude asking God to show us what he would like us to do from here. Are you ready? Let's pray together. God, we lift our hands in adoration, in worship, 
and in gratitude for who you are. As we wring our hands, God, we confess our brokenness, our sin, our pain, and our need for you. Now we cup them. Jesus, we hold out our hands to receive and remember your free gift of forgiveness and new life. And finally, we reach them out. Jesus, we reach out our hands asking you to show us how we can partner with you today to serve and to bless others. Father, we do just give you praise today. It is good to praise your name, Yada, in all of these ways. God, I thank you for the ways that, that you bless us, you restore us, you love us individually, but also together, God. I thank you for Grantham Church. I thank you for the work that you are doing here and that which you yet will do. God, I just pray that maybe a year from now, as, as we get the chance to interact again, we will hear new stories, God, of where you have been leading us and the ways in which you have been working to bless others and to draw them closer to yourself. God, we give you praise. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.